see, we have jumped through every single hoop. We show up for, for every business appearance, every meet and greet, every signing hell. We flew halfway across the world to India for you. We never threatened to leave if we don't get what we want. You still treat us like garbage. This man, Kofi Kingston, has been here for 11 years. 11 years grinding. This man deserves better. This man deserves more. This man doesn't deserve a damn thing. You don't deserve a damn thing, and you people sure don't deserve a damn thing. But I don't deserve anything either. No one deserves anything. Kofi, if you were worthy of being in a championship match, it would have happened a long time ago. No need for y'all to get fired because of me. Hold on. Hold up. I got it. I'm not asking for a handout. I'm not demanding a title match at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship title. Nah, man, look. 11 years ago, I was just a kid with a dream. And that dream has damn near come true. I provide a great life for my family. I get to travel the world doing what I love to do, entertaining the WWE Universe. I love it. My life is blessed. I never complain about the people that you put ahead of me. I never complain about the time I spend away. I have never complained about the fact that you have never allowed someone like me to compete or contend for the WWE title. I have never complained, and I'm not gonna start complaining now. What I need from you right here, right now, face to face, man to man, is for you to tell me what I need to do so that I can do it. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is... That's right, baby, he's back in the saddle. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. It's the janitor himself, Back from the dead, out of the canceled zone, Josh Custodio. Papa's come home to roost, and damn, it feels good to be home. I gotta say, Josh, I think the people are disappointed that you're back this week. I was getting that sense as well, which frankly uh, hurt my feelings. For those of you who may have missed last week's program, JMO, do you want to do you want to fill them in on what what you're referring to? Well, here? two weeks ago, you had a very unfortunate gaffe. Listen, someone I, I, would say, I misspoke. Someone would say it was very politically incorrect. Okay, I accept it, and uh, and that's. As a result, uh, you were banished to the negative zone. You were uh, <laughs> yeah. canceled. Okay. Uh, and you were replaced for one week only by your cousin, Gary my Custodio. Former, my former cousin, well, former Gary. Former cousin, yeah, Gary. We, got kicked out of the family some, after last week. Let me tell you, while the hashtag good friends might have enjoyed uh, Gary taking my spot mm. on this program, the custodios... <laughs> Not so hot on it. Really? No, I, I gotta. I understand it. I showed you the text yeah. from my aunt. This is true, folks. It's, this is this Gary. Is, Gary is a scab. This this is he a, crossed the picket lines. <laughs> I'm gonna be a hundred. This is a hundred percent true, and JMO can validate this. I woke up to a text from my aunt mm. after the show came out, who I suppose subscribes to our show on iTunes. I'm not sure what she goes. I saw you got removed from Top Marks. I hope that's okay with you. <laughs> 
Well, was it okay with you? Absolutely fucking not. No, yeah. it was not. And not only was it not okay with me, people praising my cousin, saying, wow, it was the better episode. This hurts me, folks. Yeah. 92 episodes. How many hours of my life is that? And one, this guy shows up, my flesh and blood, does a worse job. And gets all the praise. Yeah, if you're if you're pro labor, you have to be anti Gary. A hundred percent. Guy's a fucking scab. Like you said, he crossed the picket line. Yeah, and we're, forget about even a union standpoint. Where's the family loyalty? <laughs> Makes me sick. But boys, are good he to just, be back. He saw his shot at fame, and you know, I, sometimes I, I want to tell you. And you only get one shot. <laughs> and he blew it. One opportunity. <laughs> and he blew it to he, seize everything you ever wanted. He spilled. He threw up the bomb spaghetti in one moment. Uh, I do want to say, though, I, I return to the program a, a humbled man, a man who once again wants to, to earn the love of the hashtag good friends. Yeah. So, so I'm here ready to bring the heat, ready to show you what was missing, and I'm ready for what could only be called the most important wrestling podcast, Top Marks. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's not just you who should be offended this week, though. Why? I who mean, else? Pe- people were... I should be offended, too. Why? People were saying Gary's the best host Top Marks has ever had. <laughs> that is true. I carried that son of a bitch. <laughs> See? Gary, more like carried you on my back to the finish line, <laughs> bud. I thought you were shooting on your uh, ex-girlfriend. No, you know, <laughs> Gary Gary had uh, Gary had a lot of good points to make, I think. I don't agree. He was a smart man. Jamal, we got to get to our good points this week because... Uh, he, he died, actually. Well, rest in peace to a legend. Yeah. He was killed by me. And uh, uh, Jamal, you you watched... Uh, he, he, he was driving his sports car back home to Abbotsford. Why does he have a sports car? <laughs> uh, you know, he's a I don't have guy. a sports car. No, he, he, signed, he got that Top Marks money. <laughs> Where is it for uh, me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any of it either. <laughs> but Gary found out where it was coming from, and he got a nice sports car. Son of a he bitch. was driving it back to Abbotsford to to go home at the end of the day. Well, my parents aren't welcome. He was going like 175. And then? And he was high on amphetamines. <laughs> spent he, all the and, money on men. And he'd been drinking. I like the idea that he came into a ton of money and went to the cheapest drug. <laughs> and he flipped his car. <laughs> yeah. Car just did a big flip. And uh, he, yeah, because it was an open roof convertible. When the car flipped, he landed right on his head. Well, that's the way she goes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hate to see it in some ways. I mean, that's but. literally what happened to Tim Horton, and he's a <laughs> celebrated coffee man. <laughs> he's a national treasure. Jamal. Yeah, so Gary's Donuts is uh, coming soon, and we love and remember him forever. Anyways. Uh, uh, Jamo, I'm going to do this off the top because I, we, we keep forgetting. We never do it. So I'm going I'm to say a couple things here, a couple news and notes, some exciting, some not. Are you geared up or is your seatbelt on for the news and notes? I'm strapped in. We're in the fast lane. That Gary was in the fast lane, too. Yeah, he sure <laughs> was. It didn't work out for him And maybe well. not for some people in WWE. <laughs> There's a tease for later on in the program. But before we get there, Jamo, if you like the sounds of our voices, we would love if you'd go and uh, rate and review the show on iTunes. This is uh, the road to WrestleMania. You know, we'd love to pick up on some listeners as we head into the, the most popular wrestling time of the year. Uh, so, so share the word. Do what you can. We'd greatly appreciate that. In other ways, if you want to support us, you can always head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks for five dollars in the hat you can join our patreon chat group which is a great deal of fun i think you would agree Matt, i man. love it you you love it uh mike is sitting here off mike mike would you recommend the chat yes actually mike recommends it and i will round that out for three for three other news and notes jmo we have an exciting announcement to make we do we're on the other side of fast lane now which means we're on the true closing weeks to wrestlemania so i think it's time to officially announce we're on the road to, to whiskey, whiskey mania, mania! <laughs> so this year folks the 
day after WrestleMania, probably, yes. depending on our state, you could expect a, a released episode. I mean, I mean, I edited the whole thing right after WrestleMania, <laughs> but I was too drunk to publish it until the morning last year. We will try our damnedest, no promises, to get it out the night. Uh, Justin and I will be joined with our, our dear friend Marlon the Man, at Marlon the Man 2 on uh, Twitter. To, uh, he'll be watching WrestleMania with us, and uh, the rules are as follows, JMO. At the start of each main card match, we take a shot at Jameson. When the yes? bell rings? Correct. Yes. And Marlon the Man is nice enough to provide us with a couple bottles of Jameson for oh, this. Oh, really? So, yeah, absolutely. So we take a shot. We have to predict. We'll do our predictions on the preview show leading up to WrestleMania. Any match we get wrong as it ends, we must do another shot of whiskey at the end of that match. So there's a possibility that we come out of this having done 32 shots. Well, no, the whole main card. Not, not the whole card. You don't want to die. Okay, uh, but a great deal of whiskey. We'll then hop on the mic to give a, you our uh, instant reaction to WrestleMania uh, drunkenly. Now, there's another part to this. Going live the week of WrestleMania is the Top Marks Pod Instagram, which I have not made yet. But we will d- be documenting an Instagram stories, each shot, and quick reviews of the match. If you want to give that a follow, I'll plug it on the show as well. Hell yeah. So you get live content during the show. Correct. And then a drunken post show. Oh my. That, you know, some people were saying... People were saying, we hear it more and more, Yeah, was the show of the year last year. We hear a great deal of good positive feedback about Whiskey Mania, which I don't have any fond memories of, or really many memories uh, yeah, at all. I don't remember anything. <laughs> so uh, look forward to that coming down the pipeline. That's it for the news and notes. JMO, are you ready to get into a little bit of Fastlane reviewing? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm ready. We did not watch Fastlane together. No, we did not. You watched it live. Correct, I did. Uh, I was having a family dinner that night. How was it? It was good. Nice. Yeah. What'd you have? Uh, my dad made uh, some sort of Indian... Okay. Beef stew, basically. And it was, it was good? Tasty. Was it Vindaloo? Uh, no. I, I can't just, remember what it was called. It was just an Indian food that rhymed with stew, so yeah. I went with it. Beef Vindaloo stew sounds pretty tasty. It, yeah, it was a tagine. Ooh, yeah. Wow, Mr. Morissette. Man. I mean, yeah, that's what it was. Look at this yeah, guy. It's very good. So we did not watch together. We didn't watch live, which, or you didn't watch live, which I think is important. Do you feel just in general that these events lose a little bit yes. if you're not? Yeah, I agree. Because at least when you're in the moment, like you get the communal aspect of it. Yeah. A, you don't know what's going to happen because there's no possible way that you've seen spoilers. Right, or even gifs of the good parts. Yeah, or... and B, like you're in the chat and you're talking to people and having fun like reacting to things live. Yeah. I was looking at you guys reacting to stuff during the show and was like, this seems like a super fun show that's all over the place and yeah. lot, has lots to react to. But then when I watched it by myself after <laughs> the fact... Much sadder. Uh, I thought it was boring. Like, clearly... Clearly, there's a bunch of storyline things happening on the show, and it's all setting up a Mania show that I am actually looking forward to. I did think it put the heat on Kofi, like, really well. Yeah, I think the show did a lot of good things for moving stories forward. I still think the Mania format blocks me a little bit from getting so hyped for it, but I do agree with that. But the the main problem for me with this show is, like, this is just to... we're, We're building up WrestleMania, obviously, so it doesn't feel like a pay-per-view unto itself. It feels like it's yeah. setting up another pay-per-view, which means it it's kind of like justifies the position that like oh you can just not watch weekly television at all because like the yeah. the B pay-per-views are the important weekly television and the main pay-per-views are the shows that you're looking forward to anyways. Yeah, I'll get to it when we get there, but there were definitely two things on the show that I thought should have been on their respective uh, television programs instead of on the pay-per-view. It, but, uh, it, it didn't feel like a pay-per-view. It felt like an important episode of Raw or SmackDown, or I, an important episode of Raw and SmackDown at the same time, as the case may be. Let's go match by match, bad man. But, but, the, oh, yeah, sure. That kind of works to its detriment, though, right? Like, on some it's levels, it's take. like, it's like yes, important things are happening. Storyline things are happening. 
But you're also talking about an episode of Raw, essentially, that was close to four and a half hours without commercials. But with some really A-tier wrestling. Absolutely. Some great wrestling. Yeah. But, like, I felt that this show was incredibly long. And to its detriment. I, I think I enjoyed the show more than you, but there was a lot of stuff they could have cut from this, and I would have been completely fine. Uh, but something that I'm glad they did not cut is the Usos taking on The Miz and Shane McMahon. Uh, some cool spots in yeah, this match. Yeah, hot open. Yeah, yeah, hot open. I thought you said odd open there for a second. I was like, oh, they like to open. No, b- a big, big match to start the show with. And a fun one. The mm. the Who saw them doing a heart attack? And the, Did you see the double... Spot that uh, Miz and Shane did. I don't even know what to call it, but I, I feel like this, like, is the perfect. It's because everything we said about Miz and Shane and like why they worked as a team, yeah, and that they cover each other's deficiencies. It's now the perfect feud for Miz as well because, like, he you are cheering for him because he's also doing the things that he's never done before. Yeah, that's... like he they he lost the match by trying to do the things that Shane does. Which is which great. is you know, stunts and aerial moves and mm-hmm. off the top rope, which has never been Miz's strong suit, has never been something that he's been known for. He's he he had like the technical glue to put together a match and Shane would be the high spot guy and that was a working tag team. But if Miz is to be like a real star, like not just somebody that we appreciate on the mic and who is entertaining week to week, if he is going to be a true top guy, he needs more electrifying spots in his arsenal. Sure. And so trying to be Shane and trying to take on these Shane spots is is fixing a big hole in like the Miz's total package. It helps with the transition to babyface too, because have you liked Miz as a babyface in the past? Not really. Yeah, no. I, I can't think of one run he's had as babyface that I really clung to. But and and I'm not sure I am here yet clinging to him either. To be clear, I liked this match a great deal. And for those of you who did not see the the Usos retain and Shane and Miz break up ostensibly at the end with uh, Miz exiting as the babyface and Shane exiting as the heel. Um, I liked the match. I don't know how Miz and Shane at Mania is going to look. Do you think this match gets a stip? Um, yeah, possibly. Probably needs one, right? Yeah, but we talked about this last week. Like, oh, what's we? it going to be? Is it is a street fight? Street is it a ladder scene. match? Is it? I feel like something has to be. I feel like the. I feel I like the ladder. Yeah, the ladder stip should go to the SmackDown tag scene. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go with it. Part of me wants it for the the U.S. title scene, just so Mustafa Ali gets some uh, ladder time. Oh, but hell yeah! Throw Mustafa in with Joe and Andrade and Ray. I think there's. And then Andrade and Ray can do sick ladder stuff too. That might be the best spot for a ladder. Just the one that crossed my mind. But a fun I just r- assume that it's the match with the Hardy Boys in it is going to have the <laughs> yeah. ladder. You know, it does seem almost like an inevitability. But um, no, I don't know. Like. Yeah, because is this going to be a fulfilling match if it's just like one-on-one wrestling the way that Shane and AJ was? No. We talked about yeah. it last week. Miz is not AJ Styles. No. Few are, but certainly the Miz is about as far from him as somebody who's been around this long. But I like this feud. And mm. if they can do more... We were talking before the show started. You were saying that Shane's promo on SmackDown felt like a Charlotte. Promo. Yeah. the I'm from a better family and so all this sort of thing. Bloodlines and, yeah. you know, I mean, we, we fantasy booked this almost exactly yeah, like three th- or four weeks ago. Yeah, I think you in particular like nailed where this was going. That, that like if you build this around fathers and like, I mean, this is the classic like Richie Rich versus 
you know, <laughs> yeah. whoever, uh, some schmuck, you know, who, 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 who's got the, the legendary feud of Richie Rich for some <laughs> schmuck. Who could but, forget? You know, you know what I'm talking about? No, though? of it's course. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one guy got everything handed to him in the world. It's exactly like this scandal that broke yesterday with yeah. Aunt Becky and uh, and Felicity Huffman. Rich people get into college. Pay, paying $6 million to get their kid on the polo team or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> the, like, this is... You know, it, one person had everything handed to them, and is sour about everything. Yeah. Has never been happy about anything in their life. Will never be truly satisfied. And the other guy, you know, is is living the dream. He his his. It's a very similar situation, I think, to Zack Ryder, where like this guy's dad was a huge fan of yeah. pro wrestling, and his son has grown up to do it in front of him and be one of the greatest in the world to do it. Yep, and like. He his entire life is about like making his dad proud, and I know that they've sold it in like he hasn't had the result in front of him over the last couple of weeks, so he's his dad isn't proud of him because yeah. he's losing these matches or whatever. The Miz's dad is so fucking proud oh, of he's him, just man. That his son's wrestling at WrestleMania, exactly, and that he gets to be involved in it. That this be, that like this is what they're doing all over this Mania card for me, and this is what I think like. AEW were already feeling the effect of it. Mm. Because this is the best booked Mania in years. Certainly on and the we, SmackDown and side. We haven't even gotten to Mania yet. And it's like they are just leaning into reality and yeah. finding There's a couple people examples of this, yeah. That, that we naturally want to cheer for and get to cheer for all over this card, yeah. man. Which is, like, never the case. Very seldom. Especially, and listen, I'll do credit to him being back, but, like, you think of Roman Reigns and you tie his era to, like, not getting what we want. Sort of from Daniel Bryan ending his run till now. You know what I mean? It feels like a lot of punishment. <laughs> yeah, and so you can do a Life story. is hard, Jema. You, you can do a story with Miz and Shane here where it's like, which one of these guys is truly happy? Which one of yeah. these guys is truly loved by their father? Well, and even if you want to take a, another angle of like, Miz and Maurice are put forth as like a very together couple. Like, even when Miz was super heel, it's like him and Maurice are together and the child. So, mm -hmm. as an aside about fathers, do you know that John Cena's dad works for a wrestling company under the name John Cena Sr.? No. Not a joke. Uh, he's either the announcer or a referee for a Boston India, if I'm not mistaken. He, like, uses the name John Cena. That's awesome. Absolutely hilarious. So uh, you love to see it. Well, Good match, uh, though, you, between the Usos and the Miz and Shane. Uh, you and I went and saw the Page movie. Well, save that and, for the band. And that whole thing is about, like, her parents just trying to make money off of her while she's in the Fed. You hate to see it. No, you love to see it. It's great. Jamo, you know how I, I just said, wow, you were you were bang on correct about Shane and Miz. You know how I really gave you some credit there. Mm -hmm. I have to swing back and, and react negatively to you for a moment, if you would allow me the floor. <laughs> By all means, Because sometimes ahead. punishment must come, and yeah. sometimes it must be in the Trojan horse of someone you love. I, I, think, I think you're going to have an easy time with co-host's worst take of the year. <laughs> it's, it's not your... year-end awards. Mandy Rose is not ready to be wrestling or certainly to be in a title match. Uh, she wrestled Asuka for, for six and a half minutes here. Um, hardly a match. Awful. Really? Six minutes and 40 seconds, and it felt like it went on forever. It's just funny because you've you've seen Asuka really get some things. You think of Asuka Naya, right? Like, Naya, not somebody you associate with especially having good matches, but has two really fun ones with, well, actually, I suppose three. The one main roster one's all right, too. Asuka can get good matches out of people. I just 
Mandy really seems to be, and I'm not trying to sound like a super asshole here, but you, you do see these people, and I've said this before on the show, who are just trying to remember what they have to do in Ring, and yeah. so they can't perform. It's like, if you're in a band, you have to know your songs inside and out, and then the performance is a whole other separate side of that. It's like, oh yeah, this, I, I have the mechanics down for this, no problem, now I must perform. Mandy Rose doesn't get to do any of that, and, and to give her a bit of a break here... The, that finish with the apron being pulled up by Sonya Deville it felt like and, a mistake. Oh my god! It felt like the finish, the planned finish, felt like a botch. Yeah, it, it's just the entire match is so unconvincing. The two spots, I, I, I've, I was, you know, kind of hard on uh, Mandy for her doing this in the Elimination Chamber too. Did, did she used to be good at that step knee? I feel like I used yeah. to like that spot. I mean, I, I was saying that she's got one consistently good spot, and everyone was like, oh, it's the knee. And I'm like, no. Oh, you mean the gorilla press. Like, right? I think her gorilla press slam is always what I've looked at and thought, there's something there. Yeah. If she can do that, she can she can do something more. Like, there's got to be something there. And, try and, on Austin. and even that, man. Dude, she botched that worse than a, I think I've ever seen that move performed before. And that's she her barely one. got her up. <laughs> it's like, well, she got her up. It was the getting her down yeah, I guess part. That's a better way that, to say like, it. That she got Asuka's body like <laughs> trapped behind her own neck <laughs> on the drop. <laughs> so it looked like as Asuka came down yeah. that Asuka did like a belly flop version of like the curb stomp <laughs> it to, did, to Mandy did as she can't like – it looked like Mandy killed herself with her own move. Yeah, it, it's like anyway. I I don't I don't want to just be negative here, but sometimes you do just have to. I don't think Mandy Rose has no future. I think Mandy Rose's gimmick is clear. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that she has the entrance and the fall. Like, there's some things you could point to in Mandy Rose. She's not ready to be wrestling in main roles. She just isn't. No, yeah. If that means you have to push Lacey Evans, who I fucking hate. Maybe pull the trigger on that. Or why? Why is Sonya Deville not wrestling? Yeah, like, Ma- Mandy right now is one of those classic, like to quote Bruce Pritchard, and then the bell rings. That's because yeah. like the presentation of her right now, I think they've nailed. Yeah, and it feels kind of classic and old school. Exactly. In some ways. Exactly. She has a great shirt. I like the Mandy Rose shirt a bunch. Yeah, and just like the way they've done like the soft focus camera yep. when she comes out and the music, like everything, Even if- <laughs> everything feels like. It's there's something like soft core porny about that's it. That's for sure it. Yeah. But like that's intentional and it fits. Like the vibe that they have cultivated with her, it works. And if she could wrestle, it'd be a great gimmick. I agree with you. However, do you not feel just horrible every time for Sonya Deville that soft focus? Yeah. She's like doing the shadow boxing and she's like blurred off to the side. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I would like to see Mandy Rose be paired with Goldust again. Neither of them are doing anything. I thought it was a winning combination when they did it. It would add some interest to the character because if she can't wrestle, I can't help it. My mind just does go to like late 90s divas where it's mm-hmm. like this person's just a model who doesn't know how to wrestle. I feel with Goldust, it's like a bit of a weirder pairing. Like it, it doesn't seem so obvious. I'd like to see a return to that. A couple months on the house show circuit maybe improving. And let Sonya Deville do a little bit of the wrestling for now. I mean, I, I saw somebody pr- proposing on Twitter this week, Brian Maxwell Mann, who okay, yeah. uh, used to be a, a writer for WWE yeah. and used to host uh, Keep It 2000, yeah, the WWE show. 2000 show, which I very much enjoyed. He proposed like the way to fix Elias right now oh, okay. well, is that to be? make him an executive producer, just like managing a stable of artists that he's trying to cultivate uh, that's not the worst. their art. And that, I'm like, that's basically exactly what... I proposed for, for Titus, Titus Worldwide, Worldwide before yeah. Titus Worldwide was a thing. That that he's like a Jay Z style like power player producer uh, uh, trying to just like 
you know, yeah. agent his way in all these different – have a finger in every pie. He's got a musician, and he's got a movie guy. Go get in English got, to sing. And, and he's got Mandy Rose as a model, potentially. Sure. You know, like, there's – you could do all kinds of things Yeah, like he's that. like a talent agency. Yeah. He's got to do something. Uh, J-Mo, we then move on to a – But, I mean, I mean, that's like a – to use Mandy in that way, where you just full-on lean in – it seems like this is what they wanted for Eva Marie, but Eva Marie was an even worse wrestler than Mandy Rose. Was she? <laughs> yeah, who knows? I'm, she I mean, could at Eva least Marie do a sliced bread. <laughs> That's true, actually. I forgot. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if Mandy Rose can slice bread. Hey, now we're talking, JMO. Come on. There he is. This is why I host the podcast, folks. Not good enough to rest. Uh, we then go to a segment, uh, J-Mo, where the, the New Day are backstage and they're uh, in front of Vince McMahon's office. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got to go in here and, uh, and you know, get Vince to put Kofi in a title match. I like these little backstage segments thrown into pay-per-views. I, it reminded me of, you know, uh, again, late 90s pay-per-views where they're backstage. I just like the change of venue. It's a little bit interesting. Makes it less feel like just a factory conveyor belt. Uh, so they try to convince and Vince... Instantly caves and says, you know, all right, Kofi, you've got it. You've got your match. Uh, It's a triple threat now with Owens and Brian, and it starts right now. Poor Kofi Kingston goes out there, misled by the boss, who did make it clear that uh, Xavier and Big E were banned from ringside. This was not a triple threat title match, J-Mo. No. It was a handicap match without tag rules, a tornado tag handicap match of the bar where Cesaro and Sheamus are both allowed to wrestle at the same time, yeah. and Kofi Kingston. Now, I told you that the Asuka-Mandy Rose match was 6 minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah. It felt like it went forever. Would you believe me if I told you that this handicap match was 5 minutes and 15 seconds? Because no. it felt even longer than the women's match. This Did you think this was good or bad, I guess, ostensibly? Uh, in of- terms of like building anticipation for Mania and everything that it is signaling towards, yeah, you're continually going to stack the deck against Kofi. And in that way, I thought it was good. Okay, yep. But it was also confused in that, like... You've set up the audience to expect something and then give them something radically different. Of course, they're going to be mad. Like the whole this whole show was about making this audience mad. Yeah, I felt a little bit bad for them at points. I, I, I started out liking this segment, but then I was just like, it reminds me a little bit of the Becky situation in some ways, where it's mm-hmm. like this doesn't need to be as convoluted as it is. People are already super behind I, Kofi. I agree, the, overbooked. Like the the bar beating him up is like what's going to get it there. Now I, it's building a it's. To me, that's building something for Big E and Xavier to do. That, that makes mania. some sense. Yeah, you do them versus the bar. I well, guess. I think that I think they're going to be a part of this, whatever the big SmackDown tag. Oh, you think is. the bar will maybe be with Brian? Uh, no, I think it's going to be like you know the bar is one of the teams, Big E and Xavier is one oh, of the okay. teams, the Usos is one of the teams, the Hardy Boys. Who knows how many teams you put in this thing? Yeah, could but be a like, hundred. But like, no, you know, it could be as many as six. Yeah, it's true. who knows? Yep. But I, I just think that they, they were so in seeds to give New Day something to do beyond just like be in Kofi's corner. Fair, uh, Jamo. We then move on to after watching Kofi get beat down, and this crowd feels dead at this point. There's two guys who can bring him back. There's two guys who can bring yeah. him back. There's the top guy. Say yeah. The revival come out holding those belts. Looking they revived fine. this show. They for sure did. These are tricky matches to work, JMO. You were saying off mic extremely correctly that triple threat tag matches can be you know, everyone just has to know it has to be so planned, right? Yeah. Not when the Revival are involved. Not when we're saying yeah, because both in NXT opposite the uh, DIYs and the authors of pain. 
and here against Alistair Black and Ricochet and Bob Roode and Chad Gable. The Revival get it done in what I thought was... Keep believe, <laughs> we're talking about time lengths. This match is only ten and a half minutes. Unbelievable. Wow. What, what do you call that? Like, start to finish, bang, 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 bang. But no, very few near falls, just action for ten minutes. What a fun match. Yeah, and uh, like the, it's hard to even say like when the... The go home portion of the match kicks <laughs> the in, where, the, where they like take it to another level. Because yeah, the whole match <laughs> did feel like that. And uh, man, I was saying to Mike the other night, like as much as people complained about the revival getting jobbed out to DIY or, yeah. or Champa Gargano or, or you know that's DIY, Ricochet sorry, Black. Ricochet yeah. Black. I knew what you meant. Uh, like they lost absolutely nothing in doing that. Guys, the, they're heel champions. <laughs> they are. They are heel champions. Yeah. They are going to lose. But beyond that, like. Just having them work matches on TV, these guys are over like Rover. And is it anything that they've done? No. no. They have They have still yet to have a defining character moment on the main roster. But they're already over as heels, mm-hmm. and they're already over as wrestlers yeah. just by having the opportunity to go out and work week after week after week. I think even a very casual watcher of pro wrestling could watch the revival and be like, oh, these guys are a little bit... Just the way... Dash Wilder in this match I thought was gangbuster. You know I'm a Scott Dawson guy, but mm-hmm. I th- just cutting off all of these teams from tags. Like, all Dash Wilder's doing in this match is making sure that whoever's active can't get back into this match and it's and then they i mean the shatter machine is among my favorite finishers at this point like the think of the variety just in the last two shatter machines you've gotten it's like i just love these guys i love the act i would be fine if this they just rematched this at mania yeah and dude like if you want to make good on your promise to the revival that you are going to take tag team wrestling seriously that you have a different approach that you see a different philosophy in tag wrestling versus what they had been doing on raw for the previous two to three, four years even. If that is what you have promised them, I've seen a lot of people be like, ah, this black ricochet thing, I don't like it. Like, it's not the best way to get these guys over. These are singles stars. They should be singles guys. If you want to believe in tag team wrestling, then there are guys that you believe in that you have to say for the good of this division they need to be together instead of apart. That they that you need to take two people that you believe in have singles potential that are single stars and say, if we want tag team wrestling to be important, yeah. then these important wrestlers who could be single stars need to be in tag team wrestling. It's like Joe holding the U.S. belt. It's just like sometimes people will enter and elevate something. Yeah. Uh, even if it seems beneath them, that probably means it's right. And also, just from a pragmatic point, I've seen people float the idea that if they just brought up a Black versus Ricochet feud, that would be better. I do not agree with that at but all. But like, seeing these guys interact with people that the casual audience already know is helpful to them. Three of the six guys in this match were singles stars in NXT. Yeah, that's and I'm true. I'm counting Bobby Roode as one of those yep. guys. It is to the benefit of those performers, and especially to the benefit of the Raw tag scene, that they not be singles guys on the roster right now. JMO, the train kept on rolling, and I'm talking about the quality train here because we went from that triple threat match where I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but the Revival did retain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, like, dude, and you had said that I brought this up earlier, but, like, SmackDown has had a blossoming tag scene, and they got stuck with this exact same scenario, a triple threat tag that only had like 11, 12 minutes allotted to it on the card. Mm-hmm. And we complained because it wasn't a blowaway match. It it 
it it's kept, nothing. Really. It kept the Usos out of the match for way too long. Like a lot of these triple threats. All do. three teams got the shine in this match. Every single participant in this match comes out better for having been in it. I don't want to put that solely on the Revival's shoulders, but I think it was 100% the Revival to credit for that. Chad Gable's also very good. I don't disagree with that, but he could have some small share of the pie, but the, the main 100% goes to the Revival. I think Alistair Black and Ricochet are also very good. They can, once again, they can have, you know, if there's some crumbs coming off, the, maybe, maybe we give the Revival 99% and all these other Jamokes can split the, the 1%. You know, Bobby Roode? Also, not bad. <laughs> I, I, I've got to have... Who knew Bobby Roode was the tag wrestler I liked? I even said you know, in that Raw match that he was the standout guy. Yeah. I'm not a Bobby Roode guy at all, so... But, and great. him and Gable doing the entrance together. The like hands. Synchronizing all the gestures yes. and everything. Yeah. It's great. It I, doesn't feel really as shoehorned like it. as it once did, right? No, it doesn't. Like, so, I, I'm into the act. Uh, and, and honestly, the Chad Gable's gimmick is that he's like the kid brother of yeah, everyone eager. he joins up with. Yeah. And just is going to adopt the gimmick that he's like a gimmick chameleon you know who Chad on, Gable reminded question, me of we have a question about this later so don't go too far down the Chad Gable uh, hole but you know who he reminded me of coming out dressed exactly like a bigger version of the guy he was tagging with um I bet you once I'll say it I'll know Crash Holly oh yeah yeah of course that's oh you could have gone Spike Dudley there too yeah true um but yeah, but I I just think I I love Crash. Oh, Crash yeah. is one of my all time faves. So that's a high compliment. Me comparing anyone to Crash Holly. Jamo from one great match to another. Samoa Joe defending his United States Championship against uh, Andrade Cien Almas, R Truth, and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, speaking of everyone in the match coming out better for having been in it. These two back to back matches, I was like, hmm. Hello, fast lane. Yeah. Like, and I like the tag match to open it uh, clear, but not on the level of these two matches. Who didn't look good in this match? It was our truth Okay, let's just put it aside. Our truth is not as good of a wrestler as the other three. But he's three. fun. He brings something to the equation. Yeah, I don't think he's lost in those matches for that reason. I think yeah. he brings a bit of a different spice. There were moments, more so on the Tuesday match, I thought, but there I are mean, moments where he, you can see that he's not. Yeah, he's like 47 years old. I mean, how old's Ray? Yeah, true. Ray and Joe was the best combination in this match on Sunday. It's true, it's true. Uh, which is, you know, and that's to take nothing from Andrade, who, of course, I think is the best wrestler in the world. Now, uh... Uh, you said it perfectly there, JMO. Everyone's getting their shit in here without a zillion false finishes. Without, it's just these guys have momentum. They're carrying on. I like I, now. It seems like maybe it's not going this way, but I like Joe interrupting all of the R Truth Cena offense. This is interesting to me. So you put the question out there metaphorically or rhetorically, rather. I actually did not know the answer. Oh. Rey Mysterio is forty-four years okay, old. Okay, so I mean, basically the same. So age when we were as... talking about. Mustafa Ali getting added to the roster because there were no baby faces under the age of 40. It's not good when the backup to your 40-year-old baby <laughs> face is 44. Now that's for And sure. your mid-card baby face in R-Truth is 47. <laughs> Dude, these guys are almost 50. Like, that's real. Oh, yeah. Um, I... I don't really know what you could say about this match besides everyone is is doing their thing. I thought Rey Mysterio getting thrown around by Joe is obviously good. It seems clear to me that Joe is using the Uranagi as a finish now. Uh, yeah, he for sure is. I also enjoyed both Joe and Andrade coming out wearing NXT gear. Yeah. It's, I was like, everybody's wearing their NXT gear. And then I was like, oh, wait, never mind. Two of those guys were never in NXT. <laughs> One of those guys was uh, 45 when NXT was uh, started. Yeah, they, they started NXT, and our truth was already 42 years young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, Wikipedia's telling me this was the exact same length as the last match. Which of these two did you like better, Channel? Oh, 
that's Sophie's choice right yeah, there. Yeah, gr- like, great matches yeah. the both of them, right? Uh, I might lean more towards the U.S. I think title, I do too. But I love. I I mean, just what a what a like shot of adrenaline into the heart of this show. Totally that desperately needed something. What's the opposite of a shot of the heart to adrenaline, JMO? Uh, I, I don't know. There's probably another shot that you could say, put poison, that would, like kill someone's heart. <laughs> yeah. Rat yeah. poison. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Tamina and Naya like, were rat poison. You know, there's, there's that like thing you can do that it makes it appear as though your heart has stopped beating. Yeah, for like three hours. Like Romeo or did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what you Tamina go pick up some of that stuff from the apothecary. And uh, that's that's who sold the poison in Romeo and Juliet. Oh, this little literary a little. reference. Yeah, we're just a couple Shakespeare heads over here. We're just talking about yeah. literacy. Yeah. Uh, so go 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 to your local apothecary <laughs> and request one dram of Bailey and Sasha versus Naya and Tamina. My local apothecary shut down. The one by Max. <laughs> I'm not joking. They closed it. <laughs> I was broken hearted. I go to buy my apothecs and yeah. the, the things closed down. They didn't have their weed license. Too bad. Uh, Jama, the Boston Hug Connection's first title defense was non-appealing to me. As Tamina and Naya appeared to be barely adequate wrestlers in this match. I, it, it's, just, it's my Dana Brooke comparison, who we also have to talk about, but who apparently is no longer the same person. Dana Brooke is one of these wrestlers who can't do their own finisher. Naya, how the fuck are you messing up a Samoan drop at this point? Yeah, and... You know, you can't catch Sasha Banks, Naya. I've seen you Sasha, do it. Sasha Banks is the lightest person you could possibly catch. I've seen her do and it. And commentary had to be like, uh, "Looks like Sasha shifted her weight oh. there to a uh, s- sneak out of the move." This match sucked. But then they had they had to turn that around and compliment the power of Naya yeah. that she was oh. able to Recover. regain control. Oh. Like Jesus, it was. I don't know if I was just too hard on this match, if I was in a... It, uh, granted, hard to follow that four-way that was right before All it. three women's matches on this show stank. Yeah, they, they were really all bad. bad. It's like, it undid the women's revolution. All the work was undone by Nia, Tamina, and um, yeah. uh, Mandy these, Rose. Get these discussion. women back in the kitchen and wow, J-Mo. cook up some better matches. Now who's canceled? <laughs> The listeners can weigh in on if we have I'm to cancel at, I'm Justin. At, I'm at the proverbial kitchen where you cook up the matches. Either way, th- this match needed more time in the oven. It was half-baked. Undercooked. Yeah, you're not kidding. Did not enjoy this. Thought that uh, it was a real speed bump on this fast lane, which which was too bad because these two matches before it were so strong. And I really felt like this card you, – you know this to be true, mm. that cards that have that momentum, wow, those are the good ones, you know? Every match doesn't have to be – bangers but they have to build and give you energy by the time you got the main event you're like wow i'm ready for a great match top end new japan does this so well where those those top four matches are so often just going to be home runs and it gets you so amped for the main event this was a roadblock but luckily we got a little bit of a rescue here in the way of a triple threat between uh daniel bryan kevin owens and a not totally clear why he was in this match mustafa ali before we get there sure it seemed to be setting up uh, an angle for wrestlemania out of and the having, tag and having Nia and oh yeah beat Beth down Phoenix. Beth Phoenix yeah and then T- Natalia comes out to make the save she gets beat down as well so are we because it also feels like they're SmackDown is still setting up an Iconics versus Boss and Hug yeah so are we gonna do a Four Corners ladies tag match too like uh, I was thinking they might do that but then you you need bodies left over for that women's battle royal unless they're scrapping the women's battle royal. My lean was that's exactly what's happening is that it is multi women for the tags yeah. and the women's battle royal is gone. But I don't like that. If I'm if I'm looking at the landscape, I'm taking Beth Phoenix who wants to wrestle. I'm mm. saying Beth, hey Beth, we love you. Yeah. 
I know you want to kick at these tag belts, and I know you like Natalia. We'd really like to see Beth Phoenix versus Asuka, who has nobody. Yes. Well, tell me that's not the better use it's of Beth so Phoenix. so much better. Like, I, I, the Natalia and her pairing is fine. I know they have the history, this sort of thing, but come on. And Asuka needs somebody. Beth Phoenix can still go, let's see it, WWE. Do it, you cowards. I mean, look, the only reason that Mickey James is even back, yeah, and she's been right. back for years now, yeah. is that she was brought in to work an NXT match against Asuka because it was supposed to be Trish, and then Trish got pregnant. Yeah. Thanks, if Trish. If Trish didn't get pregnant, Mickey James does not have a career revival. I'm always happy to see Mickey too, so maybe I'm Same. glad for the pregnancy. But isn't that wild? It is weird to think about things yeah. for sure. Uh, let's move on to this triple threat, JMO, which I thought was an absolute home run of a match between these three guys. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it. You know, we've been talking a lot lately about triple threats and unenviable positions. And, sure. You know, a a big one for Mustafa oh. Ali. Like, oh, his reception, I felt terrible for him. Yeah, he, he just crickets because he's not Kofi. Well, no, booze. Yeah. Like, not happy to see young Mustafa. But did he win them over as the match went along? I felt like he did. Oh, I mean, did he? The crowd was hot as hell by the end of this match. The crowd match. was hot for Owens, too. I, I think hotter for Owens than Ali, but but still. Um, uh, so in that way, like, you know, wow, sucks for him and that it's a rough spot to get put into. And he's, you know, even when he's getting the bulk of his offense in during the match, the crowd is chanting for Kofi. Yeah. So they are they're using you to give the audience what they don't want so that they will chant for what they do. It's not a good spot for Ali, but it is a good spot in that, like, very similar to when we went to the house show. Yeah. And he was on the house show. Yeah. That's, he he that's was right. in the main event for the WWE World title. It was his first Vancouver appearance ever, mm -hmm. and he was in the main event for the world title. Like, that's how you establish a babyface. It's – this is – Even if more people ch cheered for Joe than him in that match. Like, it's still, still – Prominent placing will create what they want of him if they just keep putting Perception him there. is reality to that degree. Exactly. You have to because sometimes it doesn't take, right? You think a Roman, but you have to let it give it get the chance to. Um And he's good enough for it to work. This almost feels worthless to say, but I mean it, you have to say it anyway because we're reviewing the show. Daniel Bryan is just on another level right now. The the moonsault into running knee finish was so fucking badass to me mm -hmm. to just see Ali get crumpled midair. A viciousness that, you know, don't get me wrong, Daniel Bryan can always hit the running knee. But this one in particular, I thought it was magnificent. I thought he was the shining star in this match. I thought he was generaling the other two very well. Y you really couldn't say enough good stuff about Daniel Bryan, which leads me to this question. Is this the best Daniel Bryan run? Yes. In, in WWE, I'll yes. be clear. Yes, yes. I, I uh, agree. Uh sustained clear direction mm -hmm. like there's no question that they can keep this going for me after mania like because like the yes movement he won and then it was like where do we go from here well with the yes movement the narrative of getting there is mm -hmm. the story it's so exciting and like can you remember great matches from the run to mania not really the I bray one the bray one's good the bray one's good I think the matches he's putting on right now as a heel dust those. I, I absolutely agree. I think what he's doing right now is the best work that he's ever done. I, I'm not familiar enough with his ROH title run and the American Dragon stuff to, to say that it's better than that. I mean, but best, for WWE, yeah, within WWE. I absolutely but, but agree. My problem with it right now is that like he is so good, but because they have shifted to do this Kofi story instead of whatever they had planned for Brian Presumably originally, Owens, yeah. uh They've also shifted what the narrative of that story is, and In what it, way? and and it, it's not 
like I, you know, the nature of Daniel Bryan and all the conflict that comes around with him as the heel is that it's basically like environmentalism versus commercialism. Yeah. So he's gonna rip Kevin Owens for eating too many hot dogs. He's gonna rip AJ Styles for having too much merch. Like there is a clear fit there for the New Day yeah. and for Kofi, but they're not going with that. What they're doing is exactly what you told me they wouldn't do when I said it's what they have to do two weeks ago. Yep. And that's lean into racism Mm -hmm. and 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 the institutional racism of the mcmahon-led wwe and i agreed with you when you said it wouldn't happen because why when you're trying to be a progressive company would you intentionally cast yourself as the racist devil but you look at what vince did on tuesday he fully played that part and he was great at it and i i think that's great i think that's a wonderful narrative and a, and a great like way that wrestling can tackle social issues and I think uh, is what you know people love about wrestling on some level of course. that it can be a Part parable for for you know societal issues beyond you know the ring or whatever however if you're going to make it that story about racism then the Daniel Bryan element gets lost yeah it, it's tricky because the feud feels like it's morphing a bit into Kofi versus McMahon not Kofi versus Daniel Bryan like, yeah. I couldn't figure out why Daniel Bryan didn't get to deliver the B plus player line Exa- like yeah it, it, it seems like something that that would move the feud in a really good way and it would Bryan's get... becoming what he hated exactly. all all this and I like the racism stuff and I thought Vince McMahon who I think has had Many spotty performances over the course of the last two years. He's killing. I thought right he now. was dynamite on he's Tuesday. He's the best he's ever been. He, uh, not ever been, but been in a long, a long time. time. Certainly better than in the the Roman stuff. So I, I was very impressed. I like the steering into racism stuff when you know uh, Kofi said. I think it was you. You'll ne- you haven't even given a guy like me the chance to mm-hmm. challenge mm-hmm. for this. All of that's interesting. It's less in not the racism part, but Kofi versus the McMahons or Vince McMahon is not the feud that I'm dying to see. It's Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. Exactly. And I don't need Bryan allied with Vince to get that across. Yeah, you can you can only have so much social commentary in one feud. Yeah. And like that is what was resonating about the Daniel Bryan heel character was this environmental social commentary yeah. and and like real pointed things in that like you know, everything that he was saying was founded in truth. Now, everything that's that Kofi is saying True. and Xavier is saying, that's all founded in truth as well. Yep. But, like, you're right in that it feels separate and that McMahon is overshadowing the champion. And in, in that way, like, I am a bit of two minds about it, even though I would say the overall is good. I think that you nailed it, and I, I share in, in those exact feelings. And now, again, I think the build's good. So we'll see where they go on Tuesday. I just hope that was sort of the McMahon involvement, and now we get back to, to Brian. JMO, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair had something that should have just happened on TV. Yep, for sure. Uh, as, I mean, I mean, the stipulation was, for those of you who have not seen it, was Becky versus Charlotte. Becky can hardly walk, but if Becky wins, she's in the triple threat against Charlotte and Ronda. Ronda is now the champion again. This was even more lopsided than the Kofi versus the Bar handicap match. <laughs> Just, I, I didn't really understand what the point of the. I, I, to be clear, I think the booking was correct. I think you have the right result now. I think you have Ronda gets to look like st- strong and tough and badass. She, you know, I want Becky in this match. She's got her comeuppance coming. She's dressed in all black. She's clearly the heel. What? Why did Becky get that hope spot at the end, knocking Charlotte off the barricade, and then? I just I didn't. You were talking about this being a show sort of built around making the audience angry. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand what this was trying to get across. We all already want Becky to beat these people, and the anger isn't really against Charlotte. I mean, it is in a way, but I don't know. This I, I wasn't very into this at all. 
even the ending was correct, but like on a pay per view after a great match, it's like, what is this? It didn't feel like a match. It felt like an angle. Um, yeah. And one of the things that I talked about last week was, you know, talking about the dynamics of this feud and and how like, you know, Charlotte is is in a difficult spot because like no one really wants to see her in there, even yeah. though they fully leaned into that as part of the story is that. They're literally calling her Shoehorn Charlotte, yeah. inserted on the whims of Vince McMahon. Correct. Which is all true. Mm-hmm. Every part of that is correct. Uh, but I said that she was being done no favors because it's like the Randy Orton spot in the Daniel Bryan feud. Yeah. I don't know if that's entirely true. When when you revit, like, yes, in theory. And, like, Orton was hypothetically the star of yeah. that program. But What's he, the difference? But his character was empty he was just the, a corporate a shell. vessel for them here's yeah. our guy here's yeah. what here's what you don't look like <laughs> yeah, and th- that's literally so, it like yeah. his character was non-existent charlotte on the other hand is doing all of her own segments she's carrying this thing on the mic triple h and stephanie were the star heels of yeah, that program with right. daniel bryan it was not randy orton certainly not vince mcmahon may have thrown charlotte into the mix but he's not cutting her promos for her no charlotte is and she's doing and well she, by yeah, it. she's doing a great job but now i feel bad for her last week i felt bad for her that like she's in this role that like is unenviable now i feel bad for her that her role's being taken because yeah, that, because Monday night, Ronda is clearly the heel. Oh like, well, there's no yeah. I think it's it's not it's it's very nice to see the acceptance of it, right? Yeah. Like the dropping of the gear and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that she's see. full. Like her entire gimmick is wrestling is stupid. Yeah, I'm above this industry. Fuck the fans. I, I, but I know people are pushing back against this. I thought it was good on Monday. I thought I, it was a very good yeah, promo. I thought it was a very good promo. Also, but like you've spent. How many months now building up Beck, or, or Charlotte to be the heel of this story? Yeah. And four weeks out from the biggest show of the year, you're going to suddenly tell me, ah, actually, she's not the heel anymore. Yeah. Uh, that does seem weird. Yeah. But but it, I can't be the guy who complains that they're not doing it and then complain when they do it. Because it's, there's still four weeks. Yeah. And all the main thing that I wanted out of that promo, like – you know, it's it's the classic Paul Heyman, where is the money, right? Yeah, Everyone, like, everything should build to the money. And the money is exactly what Ronda said. Pay mm-hmm. 60 bucks if you want to see it. Yep. What I want to see is Ronda Rousey lose. I want to see I Becky break her on. I want to see Ronda Rousey tap out and be a little bitch. And uh, I want that more than anything in the world. And if they can get me to feel that after one promo, then buckle up, baby, because the rest of the way should be a hell of a ride. Love it. Uh, Madman, the main event of the show was, uh, I know, a sentimental moment for you as it is the last Shield match ever. Mm-hmm. I know uh, they could not have said that more times. This is the last Shield. Is there any chance this was the last Shield match ever? Uh, might be the last Shield match for like five years. Even if Dean leaves WWE, there's no way this is the last He'll Shield match back. ever. He'll come back. Uh, I tell this kind of a fun match, though, as the Shield took on Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre in the I'd, final match ever. I am worried, though, if Dean leaves, if the Shield wants to have another reunion. I mean, Kurt's retiring at Mania, so yeah. what are they going to do? <laughs> you go to that. It's <laughs> all four members of the Shield. You've only got two of them still exactly, active. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, they didn't. They didn't t- touch on one of the Shield members announcing his pending retirement. <laughs> I thought Corbin had a good match here. Uh, each guy gets to perform their finisher in this match, which yeah. is always cool in the six man when when that happens. Uh, I thought Corbin's deep six out of nowhere was a lot of fun. I, I'm not saying he's the world's best wrestler, but he sort of stood out to me in this match. Roman getting all the reactions for his spots was kind of nice to see and fun to actually see these spots 
play out not to just a course of booze. Mm-hmm. Not the world's greatest match, but a, a fun six-man, a fine main event. I mean, I know I said this uh, about the the no disqualification match with Braun Strowman that wasn't even a match. It was just like oh, all of Baron Corbin. Corbin's yeah. foes coming back to, yeah. to get him. There's just like little ways that that he's been presented over the last little while where I'm watching it and I know it's a wrestling show, but in my mind, all I see is like the main road of a Western town and like tumbleweed blowing through (laughs) and all these cowboys. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly it. And I got that vibe last week on raw too, before the shield reunion, when the three heels come out and corner, Seth and Roman and Dean, that cowboy Dean, looking back, deciding if he's going to stand up for his brothers. Like, they, it's simple storytelling, and and I don't know if that's why it recalls like cowboy and Indian kind of uh, Western I get what you tropes mean, yeah. to me. But like, I I love it, and yeah. I and, and you gotta you have to give so much credit as much as people have shat on him for so much of the last year. Like if you want to see the shield come out on top and really beat this guy down, then you have to give credit to like I was just saying about Rhonda. If it makes me want to see her lose, she's doing a great job. The same thing is true of Baron Corbin, man. Baron Corbin for all of his deficiencies like has done an incredible job of being a heel that I want to see get beaten. I have a, a semi hot take here. Go ahead. Uh, maybe maybe turn on the air conditioning or something because it's going to get a little bit warm. I am most into Baron Corbin of his whole faction. That's uh, Yeah, that's a bold stance. I am. I think most people would say Drew. Yeah, I think they would. And then I would say, why? Because <laughs> he's got the look. Yeah, he definitely looks awesome. Yeah. The Claymore kicks ass. Yeah. But then Anything beyond that, no. Me, yeah, mean, and guys have gotten a push like yeah, no Mike, other. Mike for, was for, joking that he's hit like uh, you know Randy Orton levels of just <laughs> full gear all the time. Just over. But and it, but I think it would do him a favor if he like got away from that and yes. you know wore blue jeans. But maybe that's just babyface Drew can come out shirtless wearing blue jeans. Hey, now we're talking. Yeah. Uh, Mo, overall fast lane. We're on the road to Mania. This is the go home for Mania. What I, is the rating? I really enjoyed the Shield reunion match. Man. Yeah, it's it was like it was. Was it on the level of any of their classics? Was it up there with like any of their Evolution matches or their Wyatt Family matches? Like to me, no, not even close. But it was fun. And if you if this is going to be the send off, if if Dean is actually yeah. leaving, they did need this. Yeah, they, like as a trio to just wipe away, like we said last week, the last two botched reunion attempts. They needed something good. And this was this was good. Sometimes it's nice to get what you want to. Just the shield standing tall with the fists in after beating a, another three-man team is, you know, classic and feel good. But, JMO, what is the letter grade for, for the WWE Fastlane 2019? I, I don't know. People saying best Fastlane of all time. That's possible because it's typically been a just great cursed, lineage. awful show. Yeah, People saying that like it means anything. Ah, the great, the great fast lanes. The other, I can maybe name two matches that I know for sure. Ron, a fast lane. I mean, I'm just. It's the greatest fast lane of all time, just relative to the fact that the bar's involvement of it was uh, what four minutes and fifteen seconds or something. Five, oh, it was, Sheamus was in the match and it was five fifteen. Thanks, Sheamus. That's a. That's a lucky number for Sheamus. Five fifteen says fellow. Uh, but you know, relative to two years ago when that 
Seamus, Cesaro, Rusev, Jinder, Big Show portion of Fast X. Yes. I mean, I've made this joke before, but I think that's still going on right now. <laughs> it's amazing that we are reviewing Fastlane 2019 <laughs> when Fastlane 2017 true, is actually. still happening. Yeah, people don't know this. That's... <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's why they're here. They're here for the information. Jamal, what's your letter grade for Fastlane as, 29? As a pay-per-view, it's – like, as a Raw, because I said this just yeah. felt like an important Raw, it's like a B-plus Raw, right? Yeah, and as I a pay-per-view? I wouldn't even say it was an A Raw. <laughs> uh, and as a pay-per-view, it's like a C or a C-plus probably. I give it a, a, a B-minus yeah. for, for a pay-per-view. I liked – there's three matches on it that I think are better than a lot of stuff I've seen this year. It was just weighed down by some real track. That's fair. Jamal, I know. Okay, quit jumping to it. Stop being so eager. I know you want to get to the listener questions. I know you do. You're dying for it. I can see you sweating. You're itching. You're starving for the listener questions. We're not going to do it yet, Jamal, because it's the return of Keep It or Kick It. Hell yeah, baby. Jamal, do you remember the rules or should I refresh you please, just in case? Please. Keep It or Kick It, Justin, is a segment where I, Josh Custodio, write a list of maybe 15 to 25 items from the world of wrestling, just musings, general things that I ask Justin to react to, and he has to say if he keeps it, which means he likes it, he loves it, he wants some more of it, or he kicks it, he hates it, he despises it, he never wants to see it again. Jamal, do you understand the rules? I do. But then I think it's time to, to hit, hit the, the music. music. Madman, Keep It or Kick It. Seth Rollins pinning Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Uh, I keep it, but it doesn't feel like that's where we're going, right? I mean, the feud doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. So, and they got him get beat up by fucking Shelton Benjamin this week. Yeah, I. Oh, but hey, don't you know that Shelton Benjamin trained with Brock Lesnar yeah, or something? Exactly. And was his coach and tagged with him. Yeah, that was a promo that uh, was explained yeah. by Paul Heyman to the crowd a during a commercial yeah. break. Thanks, everybody. So the live audience got the benefit of why we just saw Shelton Benjamin on Raw, even though uh, the viewing audience at home did not. Bray Wyatt being Daniel Bryan's post-mania feud. Ooh, yeah, keep that. Yeah, Dude, I posted it on the Top Marks account this week. Mm. Uh, the latest oh, yeah. photo of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he will crush you. He is fucking swole. You man. are a loser compared to Bray Wyatt he, if you're hearing this. He has, uh, as much as we uh, like went gaga over Kevin Owens coming back and saying he looked like he was in great shape. I did not say that. I pushed back on that and yes, said people are making way too big of a deal about this. <laughs> he, he's nowhere close to the <laughs> no. shape that Bray Wyatt appears to be in right now. Bray seems closer to Dean. And also, on that note... Uh, Bray's little uh, caption on those photos, and it was oh. two pictures of him with his two daughters. Yeah. It said, my reasons, dot, dot, dot. And there was a rumor roundup note the other night. Go ahead. It said, rumor has it. JoJo has taken a personal leave of absence. She's still with the company, but is on leave and will return in the future. So, Are you implying she's pregnant? No, I'm implying that Bray Wyatt broke up with JoJo and went back to his wife. And the reasons is that he has daughters that he wants to be there for. Oh, I love this. This is ooh, this is like a TMZ meets yeah. real. Wow, wow, wow. But and so he had to get jacked to get his wife back. Exactly. She's like, I'm not taking you back looking like a schlub, Bray. Exactly. Or, but he, sorry, but Watunda. He, but he kicked JoJo to the curb and went back to his wife to be a good dad. Love that's that story. That's what it seems like. Sorry, Jojo. But, but it also seems like, and this was another note in the rumor roundup last week, that rumor has it, uh, there's no more closely guarded secret in all of WWE than what Bray's gimmick is going to be when he comes back. What a worthless rumor that is. It's just like no one knows. No, no one No one seems to know anything over there. They didn't yeah. know fucking Dave Batista flew to Florida. That's I could have checked Twitter. Yeah, but like, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
usually this stuff gets out, and there's no indication. So they, it has to be a big plan. Otherwise, why keep it under lock and key? Kofi Kingston winning Money in the Bank 2019. No, because he should be the champion, so I'm going to say kick it. Stokely Hathaway, who the WWE signed this week, reporting to the Performance Center, being used in a manager role instead of a wrestler. I don't know if everybody knows this, but he was originally a manager before wrestling. Uh, I would like to see him do both. Oh. I would like to see him be used in like a Heenan role as a manager who bumps. I like that. Um, because, like, he's so fucking funny, man. That he's guy, hilarious. That guy could be, like, the biggest star on WWE TV, like, instantly. Just, but, but he's the definition of a guy who won't because he'll just never let his personality fly. But if he's a manager, then he should be all personality. That's why I want to be a manager, yeah. not a wrestler. So I'm with you. I'm with you there, bud. K keep it. Drew McIntyre. Kick it. Yeah. No, Drew McIntyre is a baby face. I could say, I could say keep it. It worked in NXT. It worked. He was good in NXT. Fish and O'Reilly winning the Dusty Classic. Now, keep in mind, this is a Wednesday. NXT's coming out tonight. You might look very silly if maybe they go out tonight. Is there anything attached to winning the Dusty? Yeah, you challenge the, uh, not the Road Warriors, the other guys, the War Raiders at uh, NXT TakeOver. Then I can see them winning it, yeah. Yeah, it makes more sense than one of the tag teams of single stars, you know. JMO, I don't often say this before one of the prompts and keep it or so kick I'll it. So keep it. I need you to keep this one. Okay. Don't kick this one. Okay. Okay, but you still have free will, but don't edit this out. But I'll fucking quit the fucking goddamn fucking show if you don't say fucking kick. I'll get Gary back here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, I'll reattach his head to his shoulders. <laughs> NXT champion in 2019, Oni Lorcan. Oh. Oni rules. Oni does rule. Did you see him last week's NXT? Did he Did he make it through last nope. night? No. Nope. No? That's too bad because I was hoping he'd be the Mania match. They, they, he looked awesome in the match. While they're giving people what they want, wouldn't it be sick if our pre-show match at Mania was Oni versus Buddy Murphy? I can only get so hard, J-Mo. Yeah, no. uh, Oni Lorcan is NXT champ in 2019. I'll say keep it. Thank you. Kota Ibushi being the one to win the New Japan Cup. I'll keep that too. Yeah, with uh, Naito going out first round, both of our predictions went. Uh, and, and look, what it's exactly what I said that I was like not super interested in the Naito the, J, the, the main event pitcher, basically. Yep. You can make me eat a ton of crow if you. Now that you've got him signed, now that he's exclusive to you and he and you have that commitment, if you commit back to him and you put Abushi in a very prominent spot for the rest of this year, I could be very into New Japan. Abushi is not my favorite wrestler, to be clear. I love watching him. I want to say that Abushi is maybe the wrestler on planet Earth most who, no matter who the opponent is, I feel like I will watch the match. Like, that's the level that I view him at in ring, where it's like, well, he's going to do something that's worth seeing. So him versus anybody who I'm terribly disinterested in is uh, a winning play. He, so. he, I don't know what the I don't know how to make this metaphor work, but he's like a sponge, right? Like sure. He might he's not gonna be He's a great wrestler, but I want to see him work against better wrestlers because I know that there's no one that he's not going to click with, yeah. right? Like, he is going to get the best out of the best wrestlers every time. Tyler Breeze going to AEW. Is there anything? Is this founded in anything? No. Just, just wishful thinking. Well, just he's not getting used. Now, we got a question that I'm not including, but about what AEW guy or what guys in WWE we think would do well in AEW. Yeah. And Breeze sort of crossed my mind. Like a guy, yeah, yeah, he doesn't get used, but he's like a he's super very talent. Underutilized for sure. Kofi Kingston is the greatest of all time. 
greatest of all time. I'm gonna say kick that. No, sorry. To be clear, the the best at wrestling ever. Yeah, I'll say kick that. Like, maybe I'm not putting this. <laughs> Kofi King. You know, we watch wrestling. The whole mm. podcast is about. It. I'm yeah. saying that the best guy to ever do it. <laughs> yes. Is Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I'll say that's not correct. So you keep it. We'll kick it. The new Dana Brooke. Uh, it's like it's a Melania thing, man. We gotta talk about this. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it's an imposter. It, it seems weird because you don't want to veer into like body shaming territory or you know attacking somebody's looks, but you also have to recognize when somebody looks completely fucking different to the point where I'm not. There are people who are like Dana Brooke truthers who think that isn't Dana Brooke, like an Avril Lavigne thing. Mm. She does look like a fucking different person. Yeah, and she was gorgeous before. I don't understand why. It's Now, she had a very close loved one pass away. I think her fiancé maybe took his own life, something to that degree. Yeah, or something was killed, like his heart exploded or something. So you, Yeah, I think that was it. So, I mean, you could see somebody doing loved drastic things. but <laughs> That's right, he loved her too much. Uh, but I, I must say. And, and loved the pills that he took as a bodybuilder more. Wow. Even more. <laughs> that seemed like his true love from the Instagram photos. <laughs> uh, the new Dana Brooke, J-Vo. Well, uh, yeah, I mean... I'm kicking it. I felt like it was strange yeah, to see... it was frightening. Have you ever seen a wrestler return looking so different? Like her her legs and her hips... Everything! ...were like half the size of what she used to look like. I just... This sounds rude to say, but I hope Dana Brooke's well. Like, I really do. Yeah. Like, it, I saw her and I was like, I, I hope Dana Brooke's doing okay. Yeah, she had like baby fat in her cheeks before, but it wasn't like she looked chubby. No! She, she was... Gorgeous, like I one of the one of the only things that I liked about Dana Brooke was not that she's a decent wrestler she's in any way. That, no. It's that she was like low key thick yeah, and respect. she was pretty. Respect. And she's she looks like a freak now. Yeah, it's. I, I don't mean to like be mean to You're someone's looks. Again. I don't mean to be mean to someone's looks, but like it, she she looks like like a skeleton relative to yeah, it's, what it's she used so, to look such a like. drastic di- like it doesn't if you saw it before and after even in the gear you'd be like I don't know if that's the same person yeah very strange two more JMO Dean Ambrose re-debuting in a cowboy gimmick I mean I just said that it, yeah, I just his wrote big it. moment reminded me of uh, Western <laughs> yeah so I'm wondering big Dean cowboy, cowboy Dean, Dean Ambrose cowboy Dean yeah I gotta be wearing honest wearing a bolo tie I'm just going to go on the record here. It sounds fucking Does awesome. Does he ride a horse out to the ring? He saves a horse and rides a cowboy. <laughs> He's, well, maybe not that. It would be awesome if, like, I, biker taker, he just rode a horse out to the ring. Just Dean Ambrose in a big cowboy hat. I'm in. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. all. Even if it's still the leather jacket. Yeah. And just a cowboy hat, and he says, like, yeehaw. And he gets off a horse. I'm loving it. I. That's the biggest keep it of all time. And <laughs> J-Mo finally. <laughs> The idea that Double or Nothing will be a better pay-per-view than WrestleMania. Ooh. No, I don't think so, man. Yeah, other years maybe, but I this year I would lean with you. I think Mania stands above it. Like I said earlier, I really feel like they are feeling the heat of AEW. Because, like, in terms of all of the babyface heel dynamics, like, every single one of them works. You know, typically we get to Mania and, like, alignments are confused... You actually cheer for the guy that you're supposed to boo. Nobody's fully on board with Roman as the top babyface. I feel like everybody is fully on board with all of the alignments that they want you yep. to cheer and boo this year. Yeah. And I can't. Like, it's n- not just the main program, of which that's not usually true. 
every program, basically. I can never remember a Mania like this. And they're setting up some really great matches that I'm really excited about, including AJ versus Orton, yeah, which I really... Fuck? Did not, I mean, I knew it was coming, but I didn't think I was going to want it, and well, I really do. Yeah, I mean, we predicted it for a long time during AJ's title run, and the fact remains he's sort of the only guy in the middle, mid-card and up on SmackDown AJ hasn't feuded with. Well, they all, they're but the only that, two guys left from this original SmackDown yeah, incarnation that cool. haven't feuded together. And I thought their segment was fire on Tuesday. I'm excited to see them wrestle. It was a great promo. You know that SmackDown is a good show when even watching it yeah. in YouTube form like I did this week, because we I, I was at the movies last night I didn't uh -oh, uh -oh. and we had to record on a Wednesday this week uh -oh. so we did we said well, we'll say we'll say what movie we saw in the yeah I saw two movies actually you're savage uh, <laughs> but, re same night. <laughs> but, re but regardless the behavior of a shit eating wild <laughs> uh, I, and then I came home and was like I gotta watch Smackdown now well I can't watch the whole thing I'll watch it on YouTube watching it on YouTube still took like 40 minutes and that was keep it or kick it <laughs> Jamo, are you ready to get into a little bit of listener mailbag? I love the listener mailbag. I know you love the listener mailbag, Jamo. I know you love it, and I'm going to saturate it. And our first question this week comes to us from Garrett Swan at GarrettMartin90 on Twitter. And he asks, and I, I, I don't know where you're going to go with this one, so it's interesting to me. What are your feelings on TNA Wrestling 2005 to 2009? I've heard that it's good, but I'm not familiar. So, uh, like, I have... Is that a TNA pay-per-view that I have, or is that a Ring of Honor pay-per-view? I actually can't see, but I'll take your word I for it. I think it's Ring of Honor. It might be. It might Mike be. says it's TNA. What? Bound for Glory 2007. Oh, yeah. Blair Pacheco gave us this. No. Was it Blair, or was it um, uh, Will Oh, Macklin. Will Macklin. Yeah. Yes, Will Macklin. Sorry. Yeah, Will Macklin gave me Bound for Glory 2007. Heard yeah. it's great. It is great. Looking at the card, looks great. Haven't watched it yet. Got to do it. Uh, well, I, I was watching TNA for this period of time. Um, I will say that I think in 2005, they were the best wrestling company on earth 2006 they were still good and then as soon as all the every the upper card becomes legends and whatnot i feel like it starts to drop off i know that people still sort of like 2007 to 9 and feel like post 9 is the big drop off but not especially for your boy loved it in 2005 2006 and past then i can't say i've really ever been rebit by the tna bug jmo you ready for another question sure Comes to us from Matthew at Mr. Matty Pie, the the lead singer of Chica. Wow, what a band they are! And he asks, "Book Chad Gable's next tag partner?" And he puts it in question marks because it's supposed to be a question. He says, "Okay." So, so Chad Gable, you had mentioned earlier in the show correctly, kind of good at being this this chameleon. Yeah, chameleon, little brother. Yeah, exactly right. So, is there somebody you'd like to see Chad Gable do that with? Whose gimmick you see Chad Gable putting his own spin on? I don't want to say copying, because even with the glorious gimmick, I don't feel like it's just doing Bobby Roode. He has his own little flair to mm. it. Who would you like to see him do that with? You know who came to mind for me? Who? So this is a bit of a, a bit of a wild dream here, but uh, I'd like to see Velveteen Dreams had his big run on the roster at this point. Okay, he's he's been been the title holder. He's lost it. He's he's looking for somewhere to go. And as guys do, sometimes lose the title. I think a punk run. They enter the tag division. Chad Gable looking up to Velveteen Dream as like a fashion icon is and dressing like him. I the three the third eye glasses. Yeah. I just I think it that. would be so wonderful. Just visually hilarious and very good. So I'll say Velveteen Dream. I, I agree with this very much so, but I, I have a, another choice. Love to hear it. Which it's a it's very much a novelty act. Like okay. it couldn't, it do, I don't think it would have the long-term legs to be like a sustainable tag team like, sure. like Rude and Gable has been. Um, but there would be something funny about it because he's so often brought up as like 
the 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 this is what a pro wrestler looks like. Yep. If you had Chad Gable adopt the mannerisms and come out wearing the same gear as Randy yeah. Orton, That's so funny, like a miniature Randy Orton doing he's like so the doing like the snake thing yeah. on the mat, and he's like so much smaller. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you just have him because, like, man, like Randy's whole look is just the body, right? Yeah, like, there's yeah. nothing else and to the, it. The beyond super that. generic skull tattoos. Yeah, yeah. It's like you throw a speedo on, walk out there. So if you put Chad Gable in that gear, and you had him yeah, like great. do all of the Orton mannerisms. I think it would be so funny in like a in like a Schwarzenegger Devito. Yeah, kind of way. that's totally the vibes I'm getting. It, what I like about it so well too is Randy Orton can do asshole really well, and Chad Gable being like a really eager puppy dog little brother, like you mm-hmm. said, to Randy Orton just like being annoyed with him, and like Orton actually being the one to win the matches and whatnot. I love it. And very also fun. like Gable hitting the RKO, I could see being very funny. Also, yeah, totally agree. Mad Men, our next one this week comes to us from John Cullen at Cullen the Comic, and he asks, "You're going on the date with the girl of your dreams, so." Sounds pretty good to me so far. I like it. I like it. But the only contingency is you have to let a male WWE wrestler style you for the date. They pick everything you're wearing head to toe. You have no say. <laughs> Who do you trust to dress you? This is a hashtag call it classic. This is a, a really good question. Okay, let, let's call it as it is. Wrestlers suck at dressing. When you see them, like, just... Now, first of all, they're all giants and, like, mm. clothes aren't built. Have you ever seen John Cena in a suit? It's it's the most bizarre, horribly fitting thing you ever seen. I know, seen. I know. Who comes to your – oh, and he says we can't use the fashion police because it's too easy. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, extremely good. Well, who comes to mind initially for it you, terms like who's who's cool, who like, has cool style? I don't know if it's necessarily that because it also has to be style you can pull off. Because yeah. we just talked about Velveteen Dream. Do you want Velveteen Dream styling you for no, your date? No, You would look like a – no offense, so would I. We'd look ridiculous, right? Like if anything, I'd want like Becky Lynch styling me. But, but it but can't be a woman. It has be to a be a man. So like it's Becky is the only one who looks cool on TV. <laughs> can I can I give a a, a throw? A... I, I got my choice. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna go with uh, a man who I went so far as to call a hunk on social media this week. <laughs> he, he's yeah, even, he's, he's gonna do my hair. He's gonna do everything. <laughs> he's he's gonna pick my clothes. And I'm gonna go out, and he's gonna. I'm gonna let him. He he can pick what my my tattoos too. I'm gonna have to get a bunch of, of tattoo course. work yes, done yes, before yes. I go out on the date, because my style icon, who I'm going to let uh, dress me before my big date, is Big Daddy Eric Rowan. I love it, Madman. Now, and let's let's be clear. I think Rowan, if if he dressed you like him for a date. Mm-hmm. It's and I mean this is like it would work for you like yeah. some sort of band shirt a flannel you know some jeans yeah some cool tattoos absolutely like you say Big Daddy Rowan sex icon he's a hunk there's no denying it at this point who if you had to now listen sex appeal scale one to ten you can't go above ten okay mm-hmm. ten is the most mm-hmm. where in the nine to ten space is Eric Rowan <laughs> nine nine point seven five I I absolutely agree yeah. and on the right day a full ten I, yeah. He oh, is, yeah. He is a sexy man, Eric Rowan. He's. Can we say that Eric Rowan is the official sex icon of Top Mark's Pod? Absolutely. We just high five, folks. It's yeah. official. Thank yeah. you to the sex icon, Eric Rowan. Yeah, and he used to be so dumpy. They'd put him in like yeah. the same kind of bad luck folly, like garbage man outfit. You just see his giant ass with those brown coveralls <laughs> and be like, "What the fuck is this guy?" Turns out Brad Pitt was under yeah. it the whole time. Yeah, he's a hunk. That's what he is. 
for me, my, the first guy that came to my mind was Finn Balor because I wear leather jackets a lot, so maybe he would just put me in a leather jacket. No. But what if he goes shirtless because he has a nice body and my mashed potato body has to be on and display? And he's going to put you in, like, pants and underwear Yeah, that's well, way too tight. Yeah, you're right. He's going to want to show off that rod, and well, I don't know. Well, like, I think mm, you might be uncomfortable. Well, I don't know that you're going to be able to walk in the pants that he's going to put you in. <laughs> Sometimes you should, you know, you got it, flaunt it kind of thing. Uh, what about maybe Kevin Owens? Although basketball shorts, not going to yeah. work. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really not happening <laughs> j- anywhere for across the WWE roster for who could dress me. Dean Ambrose could dress you. Yeah. Jeans and a t-shirt and a leather jacket. That's true. And especially with the chain wallet, which I feel like, you know, I'm going to be doing any day now. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'll go Dean Ambrose. Uh, all right, Mike here. You can come on, Mike. Mike is about to, to pitch an idea for who I should dress as or who's going to dress me on a date. Go ahead, Mike. There we go. All right. So, Josh's sweater game has been, like, really good lately. So my pitch for who to dress Josh on his first date would be the new Daniel Bryan. <laughs> like a cardigan kind of? Yeah. That's – okay. But... Uh, Mike is very nice in complimenting my, my cardigan and sweater game, which – I would you. say it's been off the chain. It's... He's, he's correct. It's been very good. So let's maybe go with it. I'll say the new Daniel Bryan, even though I purchased mine new, so he's probably against that. But we'll, we'll yeah, let probably. him style me for a date. Great question. That was a great question. Uh, Jay Moore, next question this week. Another great question, even though it comes from my rival at Book of Flube. Meek Mill Kippersoff in brackets real. Don't know what that means. Do you nope. know what that means? Nope. I never know what any of these mean. But we read the question. Can you have a scenario where Kofi is the champ, Woods and Big E are tag team champs, New Day remains babyface, and somehow it all still kicks ass? Yeah. I think kind of easily, to be honest. I, now, granted, I'm a giant New Day mark, as I, I think you probably are as well. Dude, it, <laughs> if Big E and Xavier win the tag match at Mania... And then Kofi wins the title later that night. Who complains? And they they come out and they all celebrate together. Yeah. That would feel huge for guys who two years ago couldn't even get on the card and had to be the hosts of WrestleMania. Uh, I'll go so far as to say that I think this would be more rewarding for myself and the general fan base than basically any other iteration of these guys. Like, I want Kofi with the belt. If, if Big E and Xavier, well, like, SmackDown tags don't feel, like, incredibly elevated right now. Yeah, I think, I'm not saying this would be easy, but I certainly wouldn't complain. And, like... Man, what a great promo segment from them. I know we oh, complained about yeah. it shifting the focus onto Vince from Brian too much, but like all three of them. Kofi was amazing. And initially we talked about this before we recorded the show. Like it felt like, oh, okay, I get it. Like Kofi's promos are weak, so you're gonna have Big E and Xavier cut the promos for him. Because Big E cut an amazing promo. Yep. And and it felt like, okay, they, they're going to be the mouthpieces for him, and he's going to do the ring work, because that's always been the dynamic of this group. Yep. And he's like, no, no, don't get fired from me. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the talking myself. And he cut the promo of his life. It was fucking amazing. It was very good. I, and I think we can't not talk about these guys without saying how great Big E was there, too. I thought he was incredibly strong. So, keep great him, Keep them together. Yeah. This is... Hashtag never break up the new day. Yeah, this is your... I mean, what we just talked about, there being a lack of baby faces... On SmackDown, they're going to come out of WrestleMania season company, yeah. with just on SmackDown. Like, assume AJ Styles leaves and goes to Raw in the next shakeup, which, which is seems likely, very likely. Yeah. SmackDown is in a place where you don't need AJ Styles. Yeah, you have Kofi Kingston. You've positioned The Miz to be more important than AJ Styles for much of the last six months. You have Kofi Kingston. You have Kevin Owens. You have Mustafa Ali. Yeah, weird to think of Owens, but you yeah. have a ton of baby faces on that show now. And uh, the New Day are a huge part of it. Yeah, so keep them together. Keep them all faces. Fucking run with it. Hashtag 
never break up the new day. Yeah. Hashtag Kofi Mania is what I thought you were trying to get me to say. Well, you didn't say anything. I would know. I froze. Yeah, here. You want me to do it again? I was like, Paige. (laughs) Yeah, we saw. Hashtag. Kofi Mania. Our next question this week, JMO, comes to us from Fruits Are Edible at Fruits Are Edible. It's the brewmaster, the head of Fruits Approval Brewing Company at Fruits Are Edible. And he asks, part of what makes WrestleMania great and bloated is the myriad of fun non-title matches. Mm-hmm. What's your take on a WWE pay-per-view with no titles on the line and no champions on the card? How would you go about booking it with current superstars and part-timers? I want to ignore the second part of the question because I think that would take us a great deal of time. But I do want to talk about a, a pay-per-view that doesn't have any champions on it and no titles are defended. Yep. I love this idea. I, I like it too. I think you would need to have a lot of number one contender matches. Absolutely. I so mean, that would be the pay-per-view. The, yeah, the, it's like the stakes sort of determine the challenges for the next month that does have all the titles on it or whatever. Yes. But I will say, like, I'm much more interested in most of the non-title Mania matches that are being built right now than a lot of the ones that are four titles. I would say they're about equal for me because Brian and Becky are the two that I think I'm most into, and those are for titles. Mm-hmm. But everything else feels really strong, yeah, too. Th- yes, true. I'm very much into those. But, like, you know, I know it wasn't the greatest promo segment this week. I'm still really looking forward to Triple H Batista. Yep. If they do go down the Cena angle road, I'm super into that, too. Uh, More into Cena Joe yeah, for me. I, I think AJ and uh, Orton is going to be a banger. Like, yep. I, there's a lot of stuff that's outside of the title pictures that I'm looking forward to. And it does touch on a really good point that, like, Man, when when I was trying to put the card together and just see if there would be room for a Ray Andrade match, which yeah. they are going to be in the U.S. title match now, like for sure, hundred percent, so. they are going to be in a match that is not the armbar. Thank God. I hope so, man. But it's it's not going to be a one-on-one match, and um, you know, so uh, when I was trying to find room for it outside of the title picture, it's impossible because you have so many belts now. With the addition of the cruiserweight and the women's tag and all these different, yep. you know, every brand has its own. Like, that's 10 matches right out the gate of just titles being defended. That's yeah. crazy. To, to Craig's point here, it's not so much that I need a pay-per-view of no titles or anything. But this idea that every title has to be defended on every pay-per-view is so silly. I mean, you don't have to go that back back that long ago. to Like, Night of Champions' entire gimmick was this is the pay-per-view where every title is defended. Yeah. A, a little and, bit and of if, distance can make the heart grow fonder in a situation like this. If I, it, I would watch the hell out of a number one contendership pay-per-view. And if the tag titles don't get defended on a show... You know, on a pay-per-view, that can be your TV main event yep. either the week before totally or the can. week after. 100%. Like, who's complaining if Revival, Gable and Rude, and Black um, or Black and uh, Ricochet, Ricochet. Yeah. War Machine? I, never, I can never remember. Well, you're thinking of Ritt- War Machine. I'm going down the list. It's, cause, it's because I f- had DIY penciled in on the Raw side. To me, it seemed like the fit was DIY on Raw. And uh, Ricochet and Black on SmackDown. So every time I'm thinking about Raw Tag Teams, I can never think of them. Regardless. I didn't follow that at all. You didn't understand anything that I just said? <laughs> Not in the least. No, all right. Well, <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I just, like, f- as far as the fit for Mania programs, yeah. I thought DIY would be in the Raw Tag scene. Okay. And that Black and Ricochet would be in the SmackDown Oh, so that's why. So when I think of I Raw Teams... I always think DIY. I gotcha. I don't think Black Ricochet. I, now I follow. There we go. Our next question this week, JMO, comes to us from Danger Boy at Danger Boy69420. All the good numbers. All the good numbers. But uh, yeah, no one's complaining if those six guys are on the Raw main event. Everybody of, wants it. Yeah. If you were to describe. They, at least they could have like a 45 minute match, which is what they've been doing at house shows all over the place. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, the revival and Rude and Gable. Danger Boy asks. If you had to describe what style of wrestling you like best, 
what single wrestler embodies it? So just just give me a wrestler name. If you have to explain to somebody, what, what style of wrestling do you like? What I think that's what he means. Like, what yeah. wrestler would the best one to showcase the style you like? I have two, but I, I can't do that. I, I will go on the record and say that it's Kyle O'Reilly. A mix of some realism, some comedy spots that I think are reliably good, and when the pace picks up, he's right there in the pocket. Um... I'm gonna. I I have two choices as well, but I will also refrain from pulling a Cut Justin and uh, <laughs> and just pick one. And it's not gonna surprise anyone. I I'm kind of curious which direction you're gonna go, Daniel. It's Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and it's because it's it's, it's the, a great answer. It's the technical element. It's hard hitting strikes, but more than anything in the ring, and he is extremely talented in the ring. Of course, yeah. The psychology and storytelling, like even within that triple threat match on Sunday, like. He, there's just something about him and the way that he has figured out, you know, h- how this all works when you put it all together. That like, you can you can watch good wrestlers put on a good match that has like all of the technical proficiencies and all these cool spots, but none of the drama, none of the emotional investment. Yeah, there's something about Daniel Bryan and the way he works that like, you care about every every single beat, every dramatic story beat. Lands and there's so few people that I can think of that tie all of those things together. Yeah, it's interesting because I so often want to get across like everyman ideals or people to relate to, and I wouldn't say people necessarily relate to Daniel Bryan in terms of like the vegetarianism and sort of the social issues, but I do think that just that initial story of like the guy who could never was never the boss, never like I think that's just a story as old as time, and I think Daniel Bryan is a conduit for that story. We saw it fall in its face with Roman Reigns, right? Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan's a perfect conduit for that sort of thing. So but even as a heel, answer. man. Like, oh, no question. You know, yeah. when, when Mustafa Ali is over as a babyface, yep. like three months from now when everybody loves Mustafa Ali. You can thank Daniel Bryan. Exactly. For it. Yeah, no, right. 100%. Yes. Oh, he's absolutely making Mustafa Ali. Uh, yeah, a little credit to Joe, but primarily. JMO, another question here. This one I think uh, I won't say it's directed at you, but I have a feeling you'll answer it and not me as it comes to us from the Top Marks Most Powerful Listener of the Year 2018. The Matt in the Hat, it's Captain Matt Rainus, and he asks, What did Flash Morgan Webster give up for Lent? I want to hear the answer from Flash Morgan himself. So, JMO, obviously you know Flash. Do you think you get him on the horn right now to answer what he's giving yeah, up for Lent? Yeah, I think, uh, I think he's actually just cooking up some oh, food right now. JMO's passing know. the mic. I'm going to walk it over as JMO hey, walks to the kitchen. JMO's uh... passing the mic to Flash. Okay, Flash Gordon has the mic now. Hey, Flash, you know I hate you. Oh, how are you? Yeah, I, okay. I'm Flash Morgan Webster. All right. Yeah, okay. Uh, what'd you give up for Lent? You know I uh, hate you, right? Do you know what Lent is? Yeah, I, I'm I'm aware of it. All it's, right. uh, it's like a thing you uh, it's a religious thing. Looks like you've given up being good on podcasts. People uh, you know, you <laughs> for forty days, forty nights, you're not allowed to uh, participate in your favorite uh, activity. Alright, so what what's yours, Flash? Uh I'm in an oasis of oasis, mate. <laughs> uh, I gave up the brothers. Liam and Noel. No oasis for Lent. <laughs> But 40, 40 nights from now, I'm yeah, we like, fucking get it. What's the story, Morning Glory? I'll put that record on. Oh, can Can you get Justin back on the horn? I'm the mod father. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're something, all right. Mm-hmm. Kasabian. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's not just saying English bands. Just British bands, bud. Hey, Justin, are you back? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Thank goodness. Yeah, Flash Morgan Webster had to answer a question. Long story. Jim, he next. lives here now. 
Oh, him and Gil, 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 Gil you, moved Mike out. and Amanda? Gil moved out. Flash oh. Morgan Webster moved in. Well, sounds like you can't buy a good roommate. Okay. Uh, Jamo, next question this week comes to us from Brandon O'Connor at Bufferosi, and he asks, he quote tweets something, but I'm just going to get his question across here. What 80s track would make a surprisingly good wrestler theme, and what wrestler would you give it to? An 80s song. Oh, got to be Duran Duran. Yeah, okay. I see Flash Morgan. What song by Duran Duran? Uh, Rio. Oh, how great is Rio? It's pretty good. Rio's man. such a banging song. Not the ba- You know what Duran Duran song I like? What, which one? Do you know Hungry Like the Wolf Flash? Oh, yeah. Great, I love great. Hungry Like the Wolf. You know, you know another British band I just thought of? <laughs> not, not from the 80s. <laughs> gorillas, mate. Yeah, gr- I love Gorillas, but yeah. they're not an 80s. No. Why'd you bring them up? Just, just British bands I like. What, well, I thought Justin was back. Well. You know, just ran back in the room. Everybody's talking about music again. Yeah, so. well, no one's talking about you, so I'd love to have Justin back because well, you suck. The mod father going to turn things over to the pod father. Wow. Oh, thanks, <laughs> Flash. Wow. Well, don't don't kiss Flash Morgan's ass. I'm against him. You're with me. <laughs> yeah, he just gave me a nice compliment. I compliment uh, you all the time. That's true, but I appreciate it. One thing Flash says, and all of a sudden wow. he's your guy. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Duran Duran's the answer, Brandon. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't even. Sorry, Flash was. Uh, I barely listened to the question there. JML, for our final question this week, I need you to bring up a website. I need you to head to wweshop.com okay. as we get a question from friend of the show, Ryan Schaap. I mean, all these, a lot of people are friends of the show here. But our, our final question is we come to us from Ryan Shop, and he asks, and a lot of date questions this week and two strong ones. He goes, go to wweshop.com and pick out the absolute worst T-shirt you could wear on a date. Explain your answer. Now, JMO, it would be funny to go through all of these and say which ones would be bad. But we're going to look together, and we both must select one T-shirt that you think would be horrible to wear on a first date. What are some – what are we looking at here? I mean, this new Hardy's one is pretty bad. Is it is it safe to say that WWE Shop is in a bad lull right now, like a low spot? Yeah. I feel probably. like the, the designs have gotten less good. Uh, they're already selling an uh, action figure playset of – Braun destroying the sports car from that Monday. was kind of sick. So maybe that's I like good. how they did it in the backstage area though. After Brock almost killed a guy when they did that spot <laughs> four years ago, just hucks the door at some crowd member. <laughs> All right, apparel. Here we go. Let's click on the T-shirts there. I mean, I think the the real answer, which we're not going to find under T-shirts here, yeah, is one of those Shane McMahon baseball jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> just a shade on back. I don't agree. I think it's worse to show up on a first date wearing a shirt that just says the man on it. <laughs> or um Planet's Champion, the new Brian shirt is pretty sick actually. What, you said it earlier, the Kevin Owens fight everyone <laughs> shirt. Yeah. That's a sick. I mean most of these Any any Randy Orton shirt I mean, the, the issue is that most of these are hideous. Like, if you're finna get down, th- these shirts aren't going to get the job done. There's a Seth Rollins Garbage Pail Kids shirt. There's yeah, there's a whole line of Garbage Pail Kids shirts. And They're trading all cards. They're all bad. I'm going with Becky Lynch, the man. Horrible shirt to wear on a first date. Uh, okay. Okay. This, and this is... My date has no concept of anything wrestling no, not, related. Not ever seen Okay, wrestling. okay. I'm going to show up... <laughs> Wearing Eddie Guerrero's Latino <laughs> heat shirt. 
as the most Caucasian person anyone has ever seen. I'm going to roll up to the date. Do the shimmy? Yeah, do the shimmy, Latino heat, baby. Oh, I absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, I would just like to, to thank the good friends. These past three weeks, we've just gotten such strong questions. The questions I mean, are money. They're, they're absolutely... Who's asking these questions? Shane McMahon? Here comes the money! Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. Thank you so much for listening to Top Marks this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for sending in your questions. If you want to support us more, head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks. So $5 in the hat, blah, blah, blah. You already know this part. Written review on iTunes. Jamo, anything else you want to get through this week? Uh, we're going to do a bonus show talking about the Page movie that we went and saw last week, yes, I we think. Are. So look forward to that. We'll share some thoughts on it in the banter zone coming up in just a second here. But we did see fighting with our family. Fighting with my family. Fighting with... Yeah, fighting, fighting with, a, with a family. Fa- fighting with a family. A I family fight. Yeah. 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 Families are fighting <laughs> is how the movie's title goes now. Yeah, we liked it, I think. But uh, how much did we like it? Maybe we actually hated it. You'll have to find out. You're going to have to wait like yeah. 12 seconds to find out because until next week, stay hot. Stay spicy. And stay tasting great. Because you're Curry Man. Wah, wah, wah. Titus Worldwide. I thought the page movie was great. I'm just going to say it. I, I was surprised. I, I thought was... a lot of the wrestling stuff was not the best. Yeah. But the family drama, especially the relationship with her and her brother. I loved it. Terrific. I thought the movie's funny. And the parents were great. The, Nick and Frost is hilarious. And it was so dark. Yeah. And, um, adult in parts. Now, listen. It still has. It's, it's a kid's movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But in some ways, I just sort of let myself go along for the ride. It was like cheery. There's one very corny scene. I was but. actually surprised at like how much... I wouldn't say it like buried her, but like Soraya, yeah. Paige's mom, is like in li- reality like a crazy person. Big time heel. And, like, I don't know that she's a heel. Like, she's probably a loving mother or whatever. And the movie does get that across. But she is like nuts. She's, and she's pretty nuts in the movie, too. I think her actions are pretty heel. She's I, basically like pimping out her daughter yeah, to wrestling for I, money. Yeah. I think and if, naming her after yeah, herself. And they, yeah. You, you gave me your fucking ring name, Mom. Yeah. That's, you don't think that's heel? Yeah. I think if I were to. If you if, named your son Madman Morrison. If my daughter or my. If I had a child and then a movie was made out of my child's life <laughs> and I went to see it and I was the mom in that movie. Yeah. I don't think I'd be thrilled with my depiction. Yeah. I'd be like, we had to make a movie about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but very funny movie. Yeah. And very heartfelt. Real good performances. The. Florence Pugh as Paige and whoever is the dude who plays the brother. The yeah, brother. they're both great. Uh, Zach Attack. Yeah, the most and over finisher in England. <laughs> and like, very funny movie. It was way. It's like when, you, when I saw Eight Mile, I was like, that's so yeah. much better than it should be. In some ways, it's like okay, Steve Merchant wrote a movie that Nick Frost and Vince Vaughn are going to be funny in, and I'm here being surprised that it's funny. But I was, I was laughing in, a bunch. In the I'd first, recommend you see it. In the first like 20 minutes, I kind of like got the vibe that it felt more like a TV show than a movie. Interesting. In a I don't know the really. But played towards that the end, I felt like it it elevated it and it had like real cinema stakes. JMO, you got to go to work, and I got to go mash some cauliflower. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, I also saw Aquaman. It sucked. Aquaman sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Titus Worldwide.